doing this process is just, it's paramount to mental health in the early entrepreneurial phases. Because then you know you're at least working at gathering more clarity, putting more pieces of the puzzle together on a day-by-day basis. If you don't revisit that vision and revisit the uncertainty of it and at least see that, okay, I was like 10% or I was like 80% uncertain and now I'm 70% uncertain after a month and now it's been three months and I feel like 50% good, that rate, that's a 30% increase, that will give you some peace of mind. Hello and welcome to the Lewis and Kyle Show, an interview podcast where Lewis and I interview high caliber entrepreneurs, investors, creators, makers, and the like. Uh, we, we do this to share what we learn with you, our audience. We're, we're sharing lessons in business, lessons in life, and lessons of how to think about it all. Uh, today, we have on Akash Aesthetics, uh, and it was a really interesting conversation. Lewis, can you tell us a little bit more about Akash? Yeah, so Akash Aesthetics is his uh, stage name. Instagram. Uh, I believe his full name is Akash Pardesi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the last name correct or not, but Akash, super, super interesting, fun conversation. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, there's a lot of smiles in this one. We just approached this one with having viewed his Instagram. He's a fun dude. He's an out of the box thinker to say the least. And you'll really see that in this podcast. He has a ton of perspectives we have not brought onto the podcast before in a really positive way. He sees reality literally differently than most people. And that might sound a little out there, but I think he does a good job of justifying that worldview and explaining the value of seeing the world that way. We discuss in this episode, his coaching business, Reality Mastery, and the 5D framework of coaching, what that even means, what the extra Ds are, and how you use them to live a better life. We discuss the importance of living in an embodied state and being powerful and high energy rather than being slow and seeing everything as a problem. Uh, Akash is a former bodybuilder. He's absolutely yoked. Uh, You don't really can't tell that too much from this podcast. Just a fun fact. And I'm excited for you to listen to this high energy conversation, get into meditation, thinking about life, having a clear vision, all these really important things that we don't talk about often enough on the podcast. I'm excited for you to learn some new things from this one and I'm going to switch over to it now. Akash, welcome to the Lewis and Kyle show. Super excited to be chatting with you today. Let's do it. Let's do it guys. Well, thank you for being here. I want to first ask you just to introduce yourself to the people listening who don't follow you on Instagram, aren't familiar with your backstory. Tell us kind of what you've been up to these past five years or so and where you are today. Yeah, sure. No problem. So I'm a performance coach. My company is called Reality Mastery. Um, I'm sure you can surmise Reality Mastery, getting your reality mastered for entrepreneurs. That would be crucial. I specialize in working with uh, business professionals, young hustlers, people that are just on the cusp of just greatness, but just can't seem to get the internal game where they need to have it. And yeah, and that's what I'm here to share. I have an entrepreneurial background myself, obviously. And that was one of my major impediments in my own life, in my own experience, my own entrepreneurial evolution is the internal game. What does that look like? Why is that even important? And how does that help us create the external reality, the results that we actually want and desire in our life? And that's what I do in this world. That's what I'm up to. Awesome. And I know your main coaching framework, which we'll just dive right into, is about 5D. Uh, Could you kind of open up that process for us and tell us what that is, how you came up with it, and the importance of it? Right. So most entrepreneurs have a very linear thinking thought process, which goes against the fundamental nature of the universe in and itself at an, ex- at an atomic level, right? The universe organizes by energy, frequency, and vibration, just standard quantum mechanics. However, anyone, everyone's approaching it with a linear thinking model. So when I saw this, for one, in my own life, and then two, just at entrepreneurs across the board, 
I'm like, oh my God, like that's like trying to go up to an apple tree and trying to get oranges out. I'm like, that's so difficult. It's next to impossible. And then that's where a lot of the depression, anxiety, fear, and uncertainty that has plagued entrepreneurship stems from, essentially. So I saw that problem and I was like, this is not okay. Because I like to keep a smile on my face at all times. One of my major things is how do you enjoy the process? Like, how does that even, everyone would always be saying, like when I was coming up watching personal development gurus and just, just people in the space, like enjoy the process, enjoy the process. I'm like, but how? It's so mm -hmm. traumatic. It's so difficult. I'm like, how? You, how, like, how do you do that? Right. And then that's when I figured out, I'm like, okay, it's just the thinking isn't aligned properly. And that's where 5D comes in. And essentially in, in like in layman's terms, it's how are you, there's two states of being, right? You're either in a powerful state of being or a disempowered state of being. You're either in a state of suffering, anxiety, fight or flight, or joy, bliss, empowerment, right? Um, it's very binary uh, from a nervous system, like parasympathetic or sympathetic, right? We're just in one of the two. And essentially when we're in a powerful state of being, we're in these flow states. There are no problems. There's just situations that need to be handled. You just literally are not seeing problems. You can handle any situation. Oh yeah, I call that person. Who do we know that has that answer? Get in touch with him, boom, 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 solution. However, when you're in a disempowered state, you know, like I'll, like I'll just give an example. Like, I mean, just happened last month. I was like working with one of my VAs, um, virtual assistant, I was training, training a team member on something and they did something wrong for like the fifth time, you know? And then like, it's very easy for me. I felt that anxiety coming up, that state of disempowerment, you know, that linear thinking essentially, like I'm not good enough, I'm not a good leader, what's going on? It's been five times, I've been spending all this time on like hiring and training, this is making the fulfillment slow down in my business. And then my big picture thinking that I'm trying to get done is like taking longer on my timeline, again, linear timeline kind of thinking, I'll keep looping back to that. But um, I caught myself very un unintelligent thinking, very unintelligent thinking that I'm not a good leader, that I'm not, you know, uh, cut out for business, that I'm not like, what am I thinking scaling this early, just questioning everything anxiety, you know, and then right there, you know, I've built a system into myself in which when I catch myself in disempowered thinking, that's the trigger for my habit, right? And that habit looks like, okay, stop, and then analyze the thinking. And what, what this looks like is essentially, is there, what is the evidence for my thinking? And where is that coming from? And if it's moving me into a disempowered state, then obviously what I'm thinking must not be true. Because our natural state of being is just to be happy. Essentially, if you just look at, you know, just look at Mother Nature, animals and whatnot, even a gazelle right before it gets attacked, but like it might get stressed out as it's running away. But literally after it gets away, if it gets away, <laughs> it will just come back to like within 15, 30 seconds to just chilling, cool chilling. Right. Like that's what we are animals just with consciousness. We have conscious choice. It doesn't say just it's a big deal. But essentially, that's what our primal state of being is just to be happy. Right. And entrepreneurs are just most of the time stressed out and not happy. So that's mm -hmm. where the whole 5D thinking comes in. It's fifth dimensional thinking. It's a fancy term for moving in an empowered state. So would you like me to get into a little bit of that process or you want to circle back? Keep going. That? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much, you know, step one, recognize that I've moved into a disempowered state. That's step one. Step two, analyze the thinking around that state. How am I thinking about what's going on? Because if there's an issue in my reality, obviously, it's just how I'm orienting myself to the reality that's causing the issue fundamentally, right? can get a little tricky when you're in this as a human, but that's essentially what's going on here. So I'm like, okay, if what I'm thinking is moving me into a disempowered state, what I'm thinking must not be true. So step three would be, be willing to play around with their thinking. Be very malleable in your thought process. 
right? Because the reticular activating system, you know, is tricky in the brain, right? That's like you buy a new car, you see it everywhere type of situation, reticular activating system. So the brain's phenomenal at gathering evidence. So that's kind of what happened to me about like the disempowered thinking started with I'm not a good leader. And then my brain started coming up with all this evidence around why I'm not a good leader. Right. So basically what you want to do is understand, okay, that's disempowered thinking. It's the wrong trajectory. Let me stop negative progression. And then step four, if that's obviously not true because it's moving me into a disempowered state, some form of the opposite must be true. And then mm -hmm. step five, what might that look like? <laughs> so in this, in this situation, back to the leadership one, I'm like, okay, uh, I'm a bad leader. I'll just do the opposite. I'm a good leader, right? I'm not going to scale my business. I will scale my business. Um, I'm not a good teacher. I am a good teacher. So as soon as I play around with the thinking and not be so serious about it, again, practice, it's a muscle. I've conditioned it over time. Um, your brain will start finding all this evidence that is congruent with that frame of mind. So then it's like, wait a second, I am a good leader. And then all the compliments that I've gotten about leadership come to mind only then, right? It's like that. What I say to myself is the inquiry into the search engine of my subconscious database for what am I going to look at? Very similar to when you buy that new car or commit to buying a car. Now you're seeing the ads for it. Now you're looking on Craigslist. Now you're on Facebook. You're like, oh, okay, you're selling it for the right? Otherwise, just not in your view in life. Same thing with this thought processes, right? So I'm like, oh, wait, he's in the Philippines. English is his second language. That's why it's taking him so long. I'm paying one tenth of the price. Duh. And I'm, I'm like, this is so smart. I'm going to scale my business. And eventually it'll work out because they're just slow learners. And then like they actually the um, employee retention over there is a lot higher than like going over here on Upwork or some other you know, uh, yeah, it's like it's not going to take him ten times as long. It's not going to take him ten times as long. So Thank it's like that's it, how that's what makes it make sense. But I think that like what you're talking about is like very broadly applicable to like belief systems in general. And it's like it goes back to like Star Wars, pretty much. Like it's the dark side and the light side. It's like are you like giving into anger, fear, and like depression, or are you like living in you know, like the opposite of that. And, and, and like choosing to be happy is all about like choosing and you only can uh, like, you're deciding based on the evidence that's presented to you. And you're saying that the evidence is presented to you is determined by like your choice of what you want to see. Right. So yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's, um, it's like one of those things that is self-evident once you hear it and once you say it, but otherwise you wouldn't come to that conclusion, you know? And, um, it's like you're a product of your inputs, right? So, you know, you, you have to decide what those inputs are. And I, I yeah. We're well, a product also of how you process the inputs. Uh -huh. Cause some people see, you put two people in the same circumstance, so they approach it with a different mindset. They'll have a different outcome. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think when I walk into like a really nice house, I get like super motivated, like, oh, my God, it's so lavish. It's so like, you know, posh. I like that, you know, materialistic type stuff. Personally, I just do. Um, and for me, it's very motivating. Like, you know, uh, however, other people can walk in there and be like, they can feel very disempowered, scarcity type thinking, living in lack, all these types of things um, can come up. And just who's looking at the reality? Absolutely. So who exactly are you teaching this framework to? Is it to people who are exposed to it and just don't do a good yeah. job of actually living it? Or is it, yeah, walk us through like who ideally yeah. you're helping. 
So I have, I tend to find myself helping two types of people. One is the entrepreneur that's in their early to late 20, 20 to 30. Um, perhaps they have a, a digital agency, they're a real estate agent. Uh, maybe they're like a Forex trader. They're working for themselves and they're at like that 10 to 20 grand uh, m- a monthly income revenue barrier. And they can't seem to get past this glass ceiling of like $20,000. And it's, it's so true because like as, as, as an entrepreneur, we're all hustlers, right? And just learning how to do it in a more classy way with systems and processes, essentially professional hustlers. So you can only hustle your way so far. And then I tend to find that there's an identity crisis between what they're doing and who they actually are doing it. A lot of people that I find in the early stages of the game are doing everything just for the sake of monetary value. And that goes into like childhood traumas, you know, identity crisis, um, socioeconomical upbringings, and the, the list goes on. But essentially at the core, they're not aligned in why they're doing what they're doing. That's archetype number one of the person I help. Archetype number two is, 35 to 40 established, you know, maybe low seven figures, maybe multiple seven figures. This type of guy has just like, you know, pretty much again, like myself, hit that midlife crisis point to where hustle culture has just plagued their mind with, you know, just work, just get it done, radical discipline, ruthless, just, you know, forget about yourself, just get the end result. There's a lot of merit in doing that, but it just results in a very one-sided life you might like money will be all you have you won't have your happiness you won't have your stress their bodies they have way more body fat than they want their marriages are hurting they don't have time for their kids they don't have time for themselves right so they they but they can't seem to shift their paradigm their their awareness has gotten to the point that okay what's getting me here ain't getting me there i'm aware of this but my internal programs my patterns that are being played out at a subconscious unconscious level are taking me left and I'm trying to go right. And I don't know how to go right. And they if don't have I the new paradigm myself, yet. They don't. And they don't want to look they know at they need because, one. But well, the thing is their organizations have been built so big that when you're, when you build, when you build an organization this way, and then you are trying to use a new belief system because it's now, you know, supporting the future chapters of your life, then what's happening is your life force energy that used to go here is now going here. So this starts going down your old, your old organization starts performing lower temporarily. However, the physical reality is that. So emotionally, they can't seem to get past this shift because as they're creating this new one, this one's not producing and this one's sucking now. So this in-between shift phase really, excuse my language, but fucks people up, especially because that's what happened to me. I was like, where'd all my money go? (laughs) I was like, where did it all go? You know what I mean? I have to take a considerable, I remember at some points I was making like 80% of the money I was used to. You know what I'm saying? So at any income bracket, when you start making under half or even under 20% of what you used to, you're stressing, you're stressing, you know? So for me, having studied this, I studied and learned this because I was trying to figure out how to do this within myself, right? So that's where I was at. I was like, I need to understand the laws of the universe, quantum mechanics, what's going on here? What is this quantum thinking? And how do these entrepreneurs that seem to be doing all these, have these massive organizations that just play around all day and are super happy, and just faces glowing, but they're getting so much shit done at like lightning fast speed and their health is good. Their families are good. I mean, I'm following them on social media. I can tell Who is you can that? just tell yeah, that with yeah. energy come vision is someone that comes to mind lives this perfect about, vision. Uh, mind Valley CEO. Oh, mind Valley. Yeah. yeah. Mind yeah. Valley CEO. He has done this phenomenally. Of Who's course, Gary V. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Robin Sharma, all these guys, I'm like, that is what I want you know, money, power and happiness and helping other people doing it. 
you know what I'm saying? Um, which is just not what I had. You know, I just had money and social status, which is so vanilla after you get it. So I'm still, yeah. there's a little disconnect for me Please. between all the, where's the quantum realm tie into uh -huh, yeah. that's the happiness? Question. What's the connection between the vibration so, and all of this and like human flourishing? And before, mm -hmm. before you start, how's my volume, Lewis? Is it okay? I think you're back now towards the middle. Yeah, you're too loud for a minute, now okay. too quiet. And I think now you and Akash are about, All right, sounds uh, good. about even. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah. And then so, you know, um, that the that terminology of the 5D and 3D, right, that's what I was linking back into moving as a, in a powerful state or a disempowered state. If you're in a disempowered state, that's three-dimensional linear thinking. If you're in an empowered state, that's fifth-dimensional quantum thinking, essentially. So just for the layperson, it's are you in a state of empowerment or are you in a state of suffering, essentially? But I think to answer your question, Lewis, like directly, like energy and motion is your emotions and like mm -hmm. being in an empowered state allows you to like have unexplainable yeah. like, uh, physiological Mm -hmm. um like processes happen where you're like yeah. actually like happier which is like a like you can't explain it i guess that's like where yeah no I mean, I like, like where quantum mechanics come it. in is it's like the. i can definitely explain it it's just that um for just the audience like my audience is well versed on consciousness otherwise it just wouldn't resonate with my page so i'll just kind of i'm just taking it slow so i like how you yeah, guys yeah. are guiding me there instead of just going straight to this buddha mode you know, on the whole thing, because honestly, the linear thought process of understanding quantum thinking is paramount to even properly integrating quantum thinking, because we're all coming from a linear mind. So this is really good. Um, so the universe organizes by energy, frequency and vibration, right? So you won't think about it like a radio dial. If you're slapping 99.7, but the result you want is on 103.5, the song you want, the result you want, you would have to change the dial to 103.5. Changing the dial would be like changing your vibrational energy state, right? So if you want to change the music, you would obviously have to change the tune you're listening, the station you're listening to. The same thing for if you want a certain result in your business, you need to change who you are being in order to get the end result. The end result, the external reality is nothing more than a byproduct and a reflection of your internal state. So whatever, let's say you want to make 100K a month in your business. Okay, what does that version of you move like, think like, what belief systems do we have? What habits does that person have that has that result? And who are you today relative to that end person? Now, that might seem like kind of classic personal development type of stuff, but I take it one step deeper with the quantum, a couple steps deeper, honestly, with the quantum aspects of the whole thing. Because when you truly understand quantum mechanics and understand the wave function of the the wave function of the electron and how it collapses into like right now I have this water bottle literally it's not there until I look at it it's just moving faster than the speed of light when you get into these things so I'm a super nerd into the science of it we can get into that if you guys are interested but you know Go that that it. is a okay cool so um yeah so basically everything has its own energy signature and when we are unaligned to that energy signature life's incidents life will create a bridge of incidents that happen that make you into the person that has the energy to attract the energy signature of the end result you want in this situation maybe you're making 50 grand a month and you want to make 100 right so then you have to ask yourself okay how would i because when you take different actions don't you notice you feel different because we are what we do 
right? So that feeling, that feeling is emotion, right? The mental body is what creates the blueprint for what we want. And then the emotional body gives it the magnetic charge that draws the circumstances into our life via quantum mechanical energy distillation. Fancy term for higher dimensional phenomenon vibrating down into lower dimensional realities and it causes a vortex like phenomenon happening and you start pulling the people places things and circumstances that are along the line in your of your business model and business vision they come to you instead of you needing to go out in the world and build them because you are the person that has them how do you know which channel to turn your your radio to that's the problem that everyone has. Thank you for bringing that up. People don't really know what they want at the core of things, especially mm -hmm. younger entrepreneurs under 30, I find, um, which is archetype number one, is a lot of the younger entrepreneurs that, you know, maybe have made some money, maybe they even made seven, eight figures or something like that, but they can't keep it. Either they're losing it. I've seen so many stories about just so many ways that people don't like hold on to and sustain their success at that young age, it just falls apart because it's not grounded in anything within there. It's not grounded in anything foundational meaning, excuse me, meaning they're doing what they're doing in the world out of a place of fear, scarcity, and lack, which is kind of normal actually coming from, you know, unless humble beginnings and, you know, nine to five lifestyle, you know, not, you know, working for yourself and then, social media, seeing all this entrepreneur life. Well, here's what everyone else has. Here's what I don't have. I need all those things. I need, need, need means I don't have, have, have means lack, 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 meaning whatever I have, the foundation, the energetic foundation of what I am creating is based in lack. It's coming from. So let me stop you there because one of my questions for you is uh, I've written down, what is that foundation made up of? It's like, what is the, the base foundation that, you know, like, good testosterone like yeah what, like that's one example like what is the like list of things that one needs to have other than you know like perceived meaning and mission because that's right like so that's the thing you got to be doing what you want because it's who you are not doing what you want because you like the results it gives you that's really the foundation what is your soul's essence and then that's the process that i take my clients through in creating a vision we work and we're like okay we get high degrees of intellectual and emotional clarity on the vision so then they can start seeing the holes that they don't like they can start seeing where their own uncertainty lies and then a lot of it's just holding space for them to understand that they don't really know why they're building what they're building other than i want money exactly. in a way that i think these skills that i have are somewhat congruent with my fundamental temperament and i can generate an income on it and i just so happen to be scaling it you know that's very shaky that's mm -hmm. very shaky, right? That's that's where I was with everything. And that then you just that that just goes against quantum mechanical law, right? That just goes against universal law. That's not how nature works, which is why the results aren't sustainable, and that's why they have up and down yo-yos in their business. But I think what you're asking is like, well, how do you get there? I mean, right? Yeah, I guess my question is more like detaching um, from like that meaning, I guess, like from the why and more like what tactical things you have to have in place before or, or, or so that that why can be like expressed. Uh, having a clear vision, hundred like 100 percent having it in detail in writing and having it. Uh, having not just intellectual clarity, what you want, but emotional clarity, how you would feel if you had what you want. 
after doing the work, what I've found is most entrepreneurs, for one, don't even know what they want. And two, they have no idea how they would feel having what they think they want. They can't actually embody the feeling. That's the magic question. What should you want, right? So then that goes back into how do you find your soul's purpose? And then so a good analogy for that is like, I heard Jay Shetty say this, and it was phenomenal. Got to give credit where credit's due. Um, your, your, uh, your purpose is like an adult, right? Your purpose is like an adult. And your, let's say your passions, your passions would be akin to like a teenager in the analogy. And then your interests would be a child and your curiosity would be a baby. Right. So here's where it begins. It all starts with curiosity. What am I curious about? You know, um, and then through your curiosity, you're like, oh, I'm interested in certain things. And then your interests grow into, wow, I really, really am passionate about this. And then you have your passions and then you find out, okay, these are things I'm passionate about, but where's my purpose? And purpose is just a matured form of passions or the culmination of passions, if you will. So what I find is that people are just in this exploration phase, archetype number one of the younger entrepreneurs that are having this problem. They're in this exploration and information gathering phase. They know they want like some level of money and financial freedom, but they don't really know who they want to be in the world and what type of impact they want to make. Um, so if we go back to the analogy, it's making peace with the fact that you don't know. Just they don't want to accept that because hustle culture and Instagram has made it so dress up your Instagram this way, do this type of stuff, put this type of things in your bio, have these type of sales page, leads page, Socrates. funnels to your stuff. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, Socrates. Well, you know, Socrates' whole thing is I don't know. Yeah, they're okay. I like exactly. And the more you know, you realize you don't know, right? And then that's just so hard for the ego because there's so much uncertainty growing up as a kid. You're like, how is this whole life thing going to play out for me? And then you start making some amount of money and then you're like, you build this archetype or this identity of this like quote unquote figurative superhero that makes the little kid version of yourself feel somewhat safe based on, oh, I make this amount of money. I have a business doing this. I live here. I have this car. Here's what my social media looks like. However, that's not, that's not really who you are. And I had to learn that the hard way. I went through that. I thought that's who I was. At the time, it could feel that way. However, if you're, if you're having all these discrepancies in your reality, inconsistent revenue in your business, and emotional yo-yos going on all day, then clearly there's a problem. If your health's going to shit, if your relationships aren't stable, you know, if you're having, if you're constantly stressed, you know, there's something wrong. There's absolutely something wrong. There's many entrepreneurs performing at high levels that don't have this level of stress. It's not that they don't have problems. They're just not nearly as stressed as you. Because they know what they're doing and why. It makes everything really, really, really binary at that point. But then they don't have that. And the problem comes from not being able to admit to themselves that they just don't know. When just really, that would just make everything fine if they just admitted that. Because then you can actually clear the space for that emotional and intellectual clarity about that vision and putting it into writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's the, there's the ego that comes into play. The ego, to admit that would be a form of the ego debt which then pries on your primal response of survival because it is literally a part of you that would be then dying. That uh, earlier part of you worked his face off to make. Yeah. There's the sunk cost fallacy too of like deleting work you've already done. I like the cost fallacy word you just used. That would be a 
that would be fair. Yeah. It was difficult to like want to do things that your previous self put so much time into uh, building, but no, it's all very interesting. And it's like, I was fully concentrating on, on hearing you out and thinking it all. So what is your process? One thing I struggle with is I do have a clear, uh, I think ego acceptance that I don't yeah, know what this I want. Is a good question, Lewis. Yeah. So I, well, I'm, well, I don't you know have you want, shame about yeah. not knowing what I want. I have clarity about certain things I know I don't want for sure. Uh, but what is your process for someone like me, exactly archetype number one, just young, aspiring 20s entrepreneur uh, who doesn't have total clarity? Yeah. Yeah. So practice makes perfect. Honestly, just so I have a vision exercise to take people through. It's pretty standard. You can look these up online, standard vision. But the thing is, is just that people don't want to, um, and I was one of those people, look at it in the morning and night. Because when you look at it, you just remind yourself how about the, your level of uncertainty. Right. So that's why it's counterbalanced with making peace of not knowing. Like, I'm not really sure where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere. Like, that's a really good way to start. And then reading your vision in the morning and night, because as you learn and evolve, you your perception of reality grows with you. And as your perception grows, you can perceive more things that you like or don't like, or you get more clarity on what an ideal day in the life for future you would look like. So it only makes sense that you would then go and add that onto your vision and edit it. And yeah. doing this process is just, it's paramount to mental health in the early entrepreneurial phases. Because then you know you're at least working at gathering more clarity, putting more pieces of the puzzle together on a day-by-day -day basis. If you don't revisit that vision and revisit the uncertainty of it and at least see that, okay, I was like 10% or I was like 80% uncertain and now I'm 70% uncertain after a month. And now it's been three months and I feel like 50% good. That rate, that's a 30% increase. That will give you some peace of mind. But most of the time you're just spinning your wheels, trying to make more money and wondering and help. Like that's literally all they're focusing on. Like, how do I make more money? And what does that look like? Well, I mean, and let's then, talk how about I... money for a minute, I guess. Like, what is your definition of money? There's a couple definitions of money at the very core. It's energy. It's energy. It's a means of exchange. Um, I heard Ty Lopez give a great uh, example, um, definition of money called in-demand scarce resources. I really like that. But at its very core, it's energy. It's a means of exchange. And why do you think people are, are so caught up in trying to capture some of this energy? Why, why is that like the... Um... Because it gives it, or it, it gives the illusion. Like, it's the like illusion. It, this is what is causing these people to be in this disempowered state, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. But you want to unlock these people so that they can go further and be an empowered state and get lots of money, right? So it's like, to me, it's sort of like a paradox. It is. But, well, it's about chasing money versus attracting money to some extent, right? Okay. Sure, sure. But at the same time, like, if you have an attachment. Um, you can't be a, you can't have an attachment to any type of an outcome. So that's number one. And they're attached to the money because it makes their inner child, the trauma they had when they were a little kid, which most entrepreneurs were all just traumatized little kids at the end of the day. We're like, this is, this is fucked. Can I cuss on here? It's fine. Yeah. Oh, you cool. Did, so yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is, this is like total fudged. And then like, I, I don't like this and I need to grow up and make this different. You know what I mean? And that's so normal. Like, I just want to say, like, for people are listening, I'm like, that was me, and that's normal. I'm just saying that there's a better way to do things, and this is what I've learned, and this is what I teach. So, you know, um, so real quick, just to clarify, does that, does that make sense as far as how having that attachment to the outcome in this situation being money is 
again, stemming back to that place of lack and insecurity, mm -hmm. because it's from that little version of ourselves that wanted to create this version of ourselves that has these material things, because that would be an archetypal or uh, an, an identity of someone that is quote unquote socioeconomically successful that my parents can now be like, okay, like that's good. My friends, colleagues, that's good. I have status in the world. So that's just what we're taught to go to school, get a degree. Yeah. You know, that's just what yeah, no, every I think kid I mean, if you, taught. connected all those thoughts really yeah, well. And if, if you, you know, unpack it in the reverse direction, right? Like no one would rationally follow. Like I wouldn't take fitness advice from like a 12 year old or like I wouldn't let a 12 year old write my diet plan but we like let our 12 year old selves write our life plan and then like judge ourselves Ooh. by it. And like, that's pretty messed up when you like try to, we're not messed up, but it's just problematic. It's like, you're going to expect it's like, I think it's a fully baked analogy. I have nothing else to say. There we go. <laughs> no, you're, you're cooking with it though. I like that. Yeah. That was good. That was yeah. good. It makes sense. Like you're letting your 12 year old version of yourself dictate what your life should look like. But if you took their advice on any other thing, it'd be like, why would I take this advice? But for some reason, since, linear right you're the same self moving through time you put certain weight on it because like the ego attachment is constant whereas like the intellectual mm -hmm. knowledge tends to fade without as much uh residue lewis chill great 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 regurgitation that was, that was awesome all right um, switching gears here big time uh i got too much body fat on me and i want to lose it okay so i need your help let me know talk to me Man, um, okay. So the first thing that I would say is just start eating whole foods if you don't already. Um, and of course, give me some feedback as to like what you're doing, what you're not, and what, what your thoughts are. But really just first switching your diet to eating more organic whole foods. It does two things. One, it gives your body a proper energy source so you can just feel better. And two, if you're a big foodie like me, and I feel most people are, and foodie's a big part of life, by just saying automatic no to processed foods and fast foods, it allows you to learn fun food combinations out of just stress of wanting tasty food in your mouth. So then mm. this whole world opens up to you about like healthy cooking and ways to make it taste bomb. And then that's what I think is just a missing link in people's lives is they just don't know the tasty ways to eat healthy. And if you want, that's number one. And then two, just doing daily activity at some way. I just something you like to do some cardio and something resistance based, something cardiovascular, and some stretching just every single day. If you can just do, you know, an hour of activity, you know, people say that whole 20 minutes. I'm like, just, you know, I, I think an hour, honestly, an hour that will allow you to just have such a faster metabolism and then be, and then if you were to deviate once in a while, or, you know, going out to a restaurant and you believe me, you go out to a restaurant every day, it just depends what you order there. Right. But if you want to go and order that, you know, Pazuki at BJ's, that's not going to hurt yeah. you. Consistent. I love Pazuki, man. You know, that's yeah. my thing. So especially the pie, the, the big one, the one that's like 25 bucks. The Pazuki yeah. Kyle, powder. do you know what we're talking like, about? No, I've never heard of this. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, I know it because I'm from Vegas and there's a BJ's and or there's, yeah, the BJ's in Vegas. And I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, or if it's a West Coast thing, but it's pretty insane stuff. Oh, yeah. Good stuff, man. Pazuki and BJ's. But yeah, guys. So, I mean. So that's what I would have to say is like understanding. Oh, and here's another good point. Understanding your relationship with food, right? What is your relationship with food? Um, a good way. I think like, are you someone that likes to eat like a little bit of a snacky thing? I think like this is my every problem type of here, day? for sure. Go ahead. I just, my relationship with food. I mean, I just liked food. I like food a lot. I mean, I like to mm -hmm. eat it, you know, I, and I think, that, and I don't know how to make tasty food. 
Right. Okay. So like for me that you sound like me too. So I really like to just eat a lot of food at once. So what I would do, I'm not doing this right now, but I practice a lot of cyclical fasting. So I do intermittent fasting for like long bursts of time. So I can probably, you know, I, I would probably do about an 18 hour fast. This is just me um, every day almost. So I would wake up in the morning, I would do my workouts, my cardio, all that stuff. Um, and then I'd go into my work day and I'd do my whole work day and I'd break my fast around 5 p.m. And I've already worked out, trained my body, stayed fasted. So in this next like six hours between 5 p.m. and um, whenever I go to sleep, 10 or 11, I'm pretty much got 3,500 calories that I could just eat whatever in that time. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty tasty right there. You know what I mean? So you can do some damage like, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So perhaps trying out some fasting for, you know, any of the listeners that really like to eat a lot of food and they're just like, man, I just don't like eating small meals. I get that. You know, try implementing some fasting. Um, okay. there's, there's a new, there's so many modalities of going about this. And I'm okay, happy to and share. Then, right. So next question for you, best place to get a blood test. So best place to be, very good question. So, I mean, a lot of times I find that health medical professionals and whatnot, they end up like really asking a lot of questions and scrutinizing your thought process and whatnot, and just don't really trust you. And I don't know, maybe that's the ego thing on their part. I don't care. The point is, I don't like going to the hospital to do that. I prefer going to this website called Private MD Labs. So Private MD Labs. I have zero affiliation with the website, just what I've been using. Um, and then they have a plethora of different types of blood tests you can order. It's literally just type in your zip code and you just pay for it online. And then you walk into these little, this little office building labs in your area and you just walk up in there and be like, Hey, and you give them your information. They just draw your blood. They send it to their lab, emails you the results. It's like, you can get a comprehensive blood panel for like 180 bucks. There we go. Yeah. So I have my own set of fitness questions here. Uh, the three of us through quantum workings of the universe, Got connected through Dr. Jake Wish yeah. uh, of the X3 system a podcast we did about three or four episodes ago. What are your thoughts on the X3 system? You're a former bodybuilder competitively, still currently in great shape, obviously. Thoughts on the X3? Honestly, I love the X3. So I was a little bit skeptical initially, but it wasn't until I tried it. And then honestly, man, the guy is just a genius. The guy's a genius. He just breaks down with such just logic. I mean, it's unshakable logic. And it, 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 it works. The variable resistance, that it, the load that that gives the muscle, it takes it to levels of failure, failure that weight training just cannot due to the workload, like, you know, at the top of a, a bench, you're doing like probably 10x the load than you are doing at the bottom. And it's accounting for the strength increase at different parts of the motion just due to just how the, like, you, like, P, like in PE class, he always gives a great example. If you to do a whole bunch of push-ups, everyone's in, in high school PE class is kind of at the top of the push-up, right? They don't want to go down yeah. all the way because it's half harder. Reckoning. Exactly. So variable resistance will put more load at the top of the movement and less load at the bottom to then yield a very even keeled muscle exhaustion and failure throughout the entirety of all the fibers. And that's really the bread and butter of the, the situation. I love it. So do you still lift weights? Yeah, I do. I do. I just used X3 yesterday, but I mean, I still like to go to the gym because I enjoy lifting weights, but just when I'm just really crunched for time to have that, mm -hmm. you know, I end up using it about two, three times a week. Just yeah, I think it, it doesn't have the primal easier. energy of lifting weights because there's something to be said for picking up the heaviest thing you can and then dropping it. And like, there's, it's hard to reproduce that, but from like a purely effect-based system, the X3 is pretty cool. As with most say, things, yeah, right? Well said. Sure. 
Yeah. I, I just love going to the gym, man. You know, I'd love just going to the gym. It's just a happy place to go for me. But when I can't make it, or I always can make it, just now I have an option of doing a backyard or home workout in, as an X3. And travel, hotel room, anybody busy on the go, it's a phenomenal investment. Yeah, Kyle and I have well, been having gonna, fun with we're ours. we clip that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got a question, unrelated, uh, completely different. 600 books, that's a, that's a lot of reading. That's a lot of time invested. What One, what's your process for remembering? And two, like... Any secret knowledge that you've uh, that you've acquired from these books that you'd like to share with us? Oh yeah. And what's uh, the interval for having read six hundred books? Oh, probably ten years. That's a good question. So yeah, I'm just an avid reader, not as much anymore. Um, so you're, I'm, uh, can can so can you repeat your question about the books? Like what a like what's the process for for remembering what you've learned through those books? Oh, and then got it, got it. Like retention. Okay. Two, yeah. is there any like secret knowledge? I know you're all you're in yeah. the secret. Like mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's so, trying to keep any of it a secret. Right, just, I know. It's <laughs> a secret from everyone else is not willing to be exposed to the truth. I love it, guys. Um, you know, honestly, salt. So give you my opinion on books. Books are meant for so how do okay so you well you asked how do you remember that's honestly just a conditioning level of your mind what level of mind you have how well do you understand because a lot of people don't know most people don't know how the mind works from a neurological perspective and even if they do know have they exercised these things can they understand the different hemispheres of the brain and literally be aware of how they're working together as they're working together right so your subconscious mind is like a database it literally has, like you've seen the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper. Yep. Like that's all true. You can do this. It's just your mind hasn't been trained to do it. So pretty much like you can ask me anything. I'll just kind of just spit it out. I don't have like recollection available like as needed, but like I have, I have all this information of everything I read in my mind. What allows people to remember the information is meditation because meditation is the act of turning your conscious mind that, you know, your conscious mind is looking outward. It's like your GPS system getting into, it's what we're using to talk to each other right now. That's taking in all the sensory perception data and then assimilating it within to a meaning and then impressing that meaning based on your belief system into the subconscious mind. And then that goes into the database, the index of your life experience, if you will. Um, and then within meditation, what are you doing? You're turning, you're closing your sensory perception off. You're you know, listening to some meditation music um, and you're closing your eyes and you're focusing on what inside. So your gaze, your, your conscious mind, instead of looking outward, turns inside and starts looking inward. So then you get the, the, the what's called the superconscious mind, which is the conscious subconscious mind from the meditation. So this is what allows the brain to then become trained and more keen on being able to pull up data as needed because the conscious mind is what's moving you in the world and it's taking in data that then it, you're, 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 you're basically increasing the muscle, the figurative muscle of the conscious mind being able to draw from the subconscious so basically, in the you're increasing the meditation. Like a, you're, it's like meditation. if there's a highway between your subconscious mind and your conscious mind, meditation adds more lanes. Thank you. Well that said. was a good one. I was going to say it's like a, I might use that now. You train yourself to... <laughs> I'm going to NFT it so it get a royalty. better queries. <laughs> You're, you're training yourself to do better queries or have that is a very good way to that, that too right you're training yourself to have better search queries of your own life experience 
that mm. would be very accurate. And included in that is the books, right? So, yeah, you got to have some experience there to draw on. Okay. So then, uh, well, that's the, also why the more books that you read, is that the, the easier future books are to read. Which one first? I was saying that that's why, you know, we all talk about Charlie Munger very often, but like the more books you read, the more you retain from the books you read because you have more knowledge to relate all the other knowledge to. But oh yeah, like it gets, it gets stupid after a while. Yeah, it gets like, they all start yeah. compounding. The first three years is just getting it going, just getting some foundation. Then when you read one new piece of law knowledge, it fuses with everything else inside of you. And just makes this big quantum leap in knowledge. Then so it just, let's, what happens to compound interest is the same thing that's going to happen with the database mentally. Damn. That's which is, I think, the coolest thing in the world. I, which I think is the coolest shit in the world. You just become a weapon. You end up in meetings and stuff like that. It's just, you just see everything. And people can see that you see everything. So that <laughs> they don't even play. No, they don't even, they can feel yeah. it. They can feel it off you. Even if they don't, they're not really aware. They're like, I'm just going to, you end up getting what you want in business. And it can be, it's a very powerful tool. A lot of people, Robert Greene, 40 Laws of Power, you know, this, this power can be misused. So make sure you do it for righteous reasons and whatnot. But yeah, I enjoy it. Makes me happy and go about my life easier. So there are a couple of books that specifically stand out to you as being especially formative and like increasing the compound interest big, on your thinking? Big, big fusers. Yeah. yeah, definitely Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Honestly, any work by Joe Dispenza, phenomenal. Um, the Art of Rewiring Your Brain by Joe Dispenza. And Thick Face, Black Heart by Chun Sing Lu. I think I butchered the name. But, um, you know, Chinese billionaire. Man, there's a lot we can take. It's a very, very, very dark book. I mean, you got to think about it, like the title, Thick Face, Black Heart. Very dark book. But it really gets into the psychology of you know, these, these, these essentially sociopaths in business. Um, there's a lot of takes, so obviously take it with a grain of salt, but there's a lot we can learn by how they think and in particular, a concept called Dharma. So Dharma is like what you are meant to be in your life. Kind of alluding back to what we were talking about, but it's like the Chinese kind of spin on things. So they believe that like, if you put your hand in a snake's cage, that this is 100% your fault and it's a snake bites you. Like that's a snake being a snake. It saw your thermal radiation energy and it's like, and it's a predator and you just put your hand in the cage, it's gonna bite you, right? So if, if you're a snake, be a snake. If you're a rabbit, be a rabbit. If you're a deer, be a deer. It's, so basically like, this is why they, you know, are very ruthlessly cutthroat. If you see the Yakuza and, you know, their culture mm -hmm. and they, how they think they are very, we understand our nature and, you know, they're very avid meditators. So they know exactly who they are and what they are. And they act in accordance to that. And that is the guidance system for all their decision-making. And that's essentially what they do. So what I took from that was honoring my truth, even if my egos didn't like it. I think that's and very think powerful. That, and that is something, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's made, it's, you know, it's what allowed me to detach from money, detach from, you know, different entrepreneurial ventures, making these quote unquote, like figurative money machines in the marketplace that spit out money. I mean, sounds attractive, but I just don't care. I like doing things like this. I do, but I like doing things like this much more and having that as a natural byproduct on the side. Sure. But that internal orientation, that internal priority system right needs to be re-racked if you will and that's what following your inner truths will allow you to do if you let them and that's what i took from the book thick face black heart in that concept of dharma 
and they break it down just a savage way so it makes you just feel like a badass following your truth because you're just like these guys are just no wonder they're crushing everybody in business you know if you really get china run shit they own most of this country i'm not saying i support their thinking or whatnot i'm just saying they know how to get shit done mm-hmm. that but fucking cold-blooded logic sure. well those cold-blooded are cold-blooded some... logic great book recommendations that have not been brought up on the podcast before. I'm always grateful to that. Our biggest sign of a good interview is getting recommendations that are new. So oh, I'm glad. Hell yeah. Right. Well, you want what? to transition Kyle to, or is it a bonus type question? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It can be the same question, even though it's in the yeah, bonus round. No, it's, it's a it doesn't change question. anything. Nicholas, Nikolai Tesla. Mm. What is it about him that you are attracted to? By the way, so this he- is our bonus round. We go, this is random questions pretty much. I'm chilling. Yeah, yeah, I got, I'm, right. I'm, I'm just chilling, man, hanging out. Um, he understood how to merge his consciousness with the collective consciousness and that of the universal consciousness, which is what made him such a powerful inventor. Um, the imagination is a creation plane and the mind is an antenna. People think the mind is a computer. It's actually an antenna to receive and transmit ideas and concepts, and he knew that. So that's where he was able to understand these things about the Tesla coil, about electricity, about uh, re- renewable energy, um, and the list goes on. There's so many, so many of his inventions. And that's really what I respect and love about him the most is he was one of the first movers in essentially being able to download information from the what is known as the Akashic Record or the Ether, um, which is essentially just what powers the universe, if you want to think about it like that. That's awesome. My next question for you what is a dumb trend? So you seem to be a no bullshit thinker and see the world very objectively. Uh, what is a dumb trend that you can't wait to see end? That people care what you think or what, or people even care about you remotely. Like they, that you people care about what other people think. Just people just don't care that much that we think. Mm-hmm. Like no one really cares that much. They're all up in their own lives. They might see something going, oh, whatever, on to the next. Like no one really cares. And right. I'm just waiting for everyone to realize that no one cares. I think you that's a very do whatever you want. realization, honestly. That was a solid answer. I was expecting some diet fad, but we just hit things real deep for a second. Sweet. I only go right. deep, dude. That's what she said. <laughs> that's funny. That's a funny... Uh, can't I can't not. I can't not. <laughs> um, the Leonardo DiCaprio thing that you posted on Instagram. What yeah. What's the thing that we don't know about that that we should know? So if you look at it, um, he's got that third eye, right, open in his head. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's a funny meme, but basically his third eye is open. And your third eye is essentially right here in between your forehead. It's not a physical eye. It's, a, it's an energetic eye. It's linked to your um, pineal gland. And it allows you to perceive realities that are outside of this third dimension. Um, and honestly, third dimensional realities are nothing more than dwindled down formations of higher dimensional thought. So you can literally see what people think. You can see their energy field. You can see the state that they're in. Um, you know, if you tap into it, like I can literally feel what other people are thinking within it'll, it'll come in the context of my own life experience. Cause my imagination will draw from my database to then put together an imagination that is congruent to the other person's state, but that's all happening like through the third eye, you know, it's just to give a couple, you know, so back in that meme, you're like, Oh, you know, what is the meaning behind that? I'm like, yeah, a lot of people, this is why understanding 
spirituality, which is really just understanding quantum mechanics for all the science. I'm a science dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, evidence, evidence. Where's the evidence? You know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah, so why, why not? The most logical thing you could do would be to take intuition. People are like, oh, it's just intuition. I'm like, yeah, you have to account for that. That's, that's the logical. Wouldn't the logical move be to account for intuition? You know, and then how's that being perceived through the third eye? And that's what that meme is about. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. So I have a question uh, that may be coming from a money-driven ego, but who knows? What are some interesting ideas or business opportunities out there uh, that if you had more time or more energy or just, you know, could be everywhere at once you'd be exploring? Because I'm sure you're very focused on your business, but what are some things yeah. out there that excite you going on right now or areas ripe for innovation or disruption? Yeah. So right now, um, honestly, just acquiring higher spiritual truth is my number one process and just refining my product, which is me, so I can catalyze more results than others. I don't really look at these other trends because honestly, I see them becoming obsolete very soon. Uh, we're on the inflection point of the J curve and a lot of people think they know where it's going. But in reality, if you zoom out far enough, which again, some people don't have the capacity to do that. Most people don't. You can see that all this stuff is about to be obsolete. All the things coming out in the next three years are going to be obsolete in five. So it really doesn't even matter. People might make some money, but that'll be not sustainable. What's, what really is sustainable is you, right? So in, if people would just take the time to, you know, generate incomes that get them to a stable place in life that where they're happy, you know what I mean? Which is not usually the number that people are going about. I'm not saying live as a minimalist, but I mean, if you're making like 10, 20 grand a month, you're cool chilling. You can drive whatever you want, live wherever you want, do whatever. You know, I'm like, that's not really that hard. Anyone can do that. There's so many different ways to do that. Ecom, Forex, affiliate marketing, dropship. I don't care. There's so many ways to do it. Um, figure that's the number one trend is understanding consciousness because consciousness is what creates all things. That is what the only thing that matters here. And there's such a disconnect between entrepreneurs and the hustle culture and you know what's going on in the world in social media and how you represent yourself in the world that people aren't taking the time to get in touch with themselves and that's really the biggest missed out trend because all the people like me are going to they're going to be the ones hiring all those other people all these other entrepreneurs because their industries are going to be so wildly disrupted that their skill sets no longer apply well what you said about you know, Visha and Lakiani and these other players, just the people that are just thriving at the top and are riding the correct energy are just going to times good times bad. They're just going to keep thriving and collect. It's going to be what happened to Amazon with consciousness. I'm going to need some explanation there. Like for example, with Amazon, how they just pretty much monopolized the entire supply distribution chain of like every single household everywhere. Okay. Like, I mean, you know, Walmart yeah. and stuff like that. Like, that's what pretty much e-commerce and, you know, um, like Uber technologies in that sense uh, between their Amazon, their delivery and whatnot, and, you know, acquisition of Whole Foods and these things that they did, not to get lost in the details of the whole thing. That's pretty much them capitalizing on the times we lived in currently in the early 2000s up to about, you know, mm -hmm. now. Um, and then what's happening is after 2025, this is like the kind of reboot, you know, situation 2020 to 2025 is like that um, in the middle of the level up, if you will, type of situation. So the entire rules of the game are just going to completely change. Right. And then it's whoever's going to be the most adaptable and nimble and how service belief system is the most malleable is going to win. And a lot of people are trying to win with their belief system right now and chase short term results, but they're not investing back into becoming like Bruce Lee said, be like water. Be, what he meant is like be able to be 
interchangeable. If you pour the water in a cup, it's a cup. If you pour it in the teapot, it's a teapot. If you pour it in the bucket, it's a bucket, right? One people, people are just like to think of marketing. I, I see a lot of people that are focusing on their marketing agencies, just focusing on scaling their, their keep running ads to new problems they're identifying in the marketplace. Soon the marketplace will be plagued with everyone wanting to understand quantum mechanical spiritual knowledge. That is what's going to come. And I don't want to even get into all this other disclosures that are happening and the aliens and all this other stuff and whatnot, but that's all true. And then that's going to come out and then people will question everything. And then linear thinking will be blown out the water. And then everyone with the business model that is structured linearly will be wiped out. And the only ones that'll be standing will be the quantum models, people that understand heart brain coherence, energy frequency vibration, and they understand how they orient to these things at a soul level. And, you know, that comes from doing the work, the meditation, the introspection and detachment and a couple other things and whatnot that I can talk about if you want. But that's where I see it going. And that's the most missed out trend that a lot of people, a lot of people's egos don't really want to admit. So where do you start with becoming positioned to benefit from that trend or be on the rising tide of that trend? So you meditate personally, you read a couple of books to learn about a couple of things like what's yeah. my like beginner's playbook for, I agree with you. Totally. Yeah. So the first thing to do is just take up meditation because within everything, there's so many levels to the game, you know, like meditation is only level one, like within meditation, there's, there's, so, there's, it, it just, it just keeps going and going and going, whatever, what you can do to the point it comes from anything from being able to control your thoughts to when things are happening in your life, you can literally change the frame of mind at will that you're looking at. So when you do that, your thoughts are what triggers emotions. Emotions are what causes actions. And you know, good feeling emotions causes empowering actions. Bad feeling emotions cause disempowering actions. So obviously, that you can just see how that would be just crucial. Just maintain, just maintaining a flow, a flow state in your business and results consistently. But that'll transcend into you know from the thought control to emotion control to being able to create realities in your mind to be able to solve problems and access your entire subconscious database by posing a question in a meditative state that solves a problem in your business that you know so i mean there's so much and then you keep doing that and, and you create that to your um that technology used about that there's a highway between your conscious mind and subconscious and meditation causes more lanes well i'm like yeah and then soon there's like this this there soon that 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 two-way street is just open consciously, which is scary dangerous when you run into those months. That's those those people that walk around like just just there's I just there's there's spirit balls like like vision. We have one of those on the podcast. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're yeah, they're moving at such a higher level, it's just hard to even perceive. And I was like, that's way more powerful than any business model or capitalizing on a supply demand chain happening. I'm like, yeah, you can get money and you better use money to hire someone like me to teach this stuff to you, or you're just going to get eaten alive in a like, couple of years for sure. Yeah. For anyone curious, it was Tal Gur. He was the one on, on that higher plane of consciousness. We asked him what his meditation practices were. And he's like, how do you know I'm not meditating right now? I could have been doing it this whole <laughs> podcast. We're like, Oh my God. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. People on exactly. that level are where you, uh, he went to, he lived in Bali for a long time and went to like the most famous shaman in Bali, like to, cause the Bali can like read people and give the shaman can read people and give you like life advice. And the Bali was like, 
the shaman in Bali was like, you've reached your spiritual peak. Your actual next area of personal growth will come back from re-engaging the material world because you've like achieved all you need to spiritually. And you're like, oh my God. So he was pretty insane to talk to. Exactly. I, can, I like that guy already. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's pretty cool. Just, just just from the energy of you. See, I can feel the energy of him as because you, you, he impressed your mind, which now made you speak on him with that same energy signature that now I feel. So now I feel like I know him. In, in a way you do. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, you do. we can only we can only perceive in others to the degree in which we perceive in ourselves. So if you only know yourself like seventy percent of the way, you're only going to be able to see seventy percent of clarity in another person. So and they're going to pick up on that from meditation. Just to tie that back into the, the meditation allows you to you know put your focus on you, so you get to know who you actually are, right? Like what how you actually feel about certain things. This can go from relationships to values to beliefs to what you used to think about yourself to you know. Because constantly your conscious mind is gathering data. You're always, your subconscious mind is what's creating your external reality. Your subconscious mind, you know, you're thinking 95% of the same thoughts as the day before. That's what's creating your day is your subconscious. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? When, you're, when your conscious mind is acquiring higher wisdom, you're in this constant process of updating your software as you acquire more wisdom. And the farther you go on this, in one day, you can cover what used to take your old self like a year you know, to figure out from the game of life. Like, it's scary how little you actually know when you start getting there. So then you're in this constant paradox of like trying to, or excuse me, dilemma of trying to update your subconscious software, which runs your reality to, oh, excuse me, with the new information you're gathering consciously, moment by moment, day by day. And then that whole phenomenon, you know, learning that that if you that's what your meditation will give you they'll open that two-way street to where the update becomes simultaneous of which you gathering the information but most people don't meditate or even understand that this is what it does for you or even understand this how the brain works so they gather information they go about their business they enter these low vibrations down spells where they feel shitty and then they use like whatever willpower, brute force or anger or whatnot to get a result. And then they look back and reflect. And then they maybe if they're lucky, make some changes. But like, what did I learn from the situation? Then integrate the change and then move forward like that versus doing it real time. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. There's, but you can't um, do that. You can't do it unless the subconscious mind is no. open. Exactly. And you're consciously aware of your subconscious at all times. So that's like that's like going from algebra to algebra two, right there, boom. And then we all know what opening a calculus book looks like when you only know algebra. It's like it's gibberish everywhere. No, it's useless. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's not even funny the amount of distance between like these well, five D entrepreneurs and normal linear thinking entrepreneurs. Like it's scary, sad. Well, to uh, extend the analogy, right? It's like if you're if you've never meditated and you've never engaged in any of this kind of thinking, the relationship between your subconscious mind and your mind, that highway isn't even paved yet. It's like a dirt road with rocks on it and you're still trying to cross it and you're trying to cross it on foot versus like yeah, these 5D like entrepreneurs. The and you got a machete. Yeah, you literally have to, to yeah, that's a better analogy. You literally have to clear down the trees. Uh, and then every now and then you got to stop doing everything and halt the caravan and hike up like the mountain off to the side, then look like, where the fuck am I going again? Or like climb this tree. Yeah. So, so like all bad. The entrepreneurs bad. have like a, have a hyperloop with multiple yeah, cars going magnetic through. rails. It's like, a, and it's like a magnetic they're, vacuum. They're flying tube. their private jets like between the layers. Private jet. Private jet. Right. Uh, so you're a young guy, you're 25. 
I'd love to ask you about a million other things and talk some other time about physics and religion and all this other stuff. Cause I'm fascinated. Uh, but we're wrapping up on our time for the podcast. What I'm curious to ask you about now is, uh, kind of what your like five to 10 year outlook is for yourself. If it's just enjoying the process, yeah. I'm sure it's like very process oriented, but is it just continuing the same mission of expanding and opening more people to reach higher levels? Is it getting some message yeah. out to the world? Like what, what's on your, in your sights for the next couple of years? So for the first couple of years, improving my work, continue to embodying my teachings. So living my truth, like day by day, my work is mainly how am I living and am I acting in accordance with my own, uh, am I eating my own dog food, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And then there are some times I'm human too. You know, I'm in the middle of a breakup right now. So there have been a couple things that like I've been, that have really like thrown me off way more than I'm used to, um, you know, and, and I'm working through that. And we're always constantly working through that. Um, and so there's a lot of wisdom I'm gathering from that, but really just continuing that process of living my truth and then surrendering into my own natural evolutionary path, which I can now sense, like I can, even if it like, you know, maybe I'm not doing quote unquote, what I thought I would in the external world, I can tell I'm in line inside. So, and then that's what I follow. I follow that internal guidance system. I follow what's exciting to me. I follow that heart brain coherence. Is this right for me? Am I living my truth? And then maybe 10 years later, politics really attracts me later at a very uh, galactic later uh, level. I could see myself being like an ambassador for earth in the galactic federation later on in life. You know, that's totally, I could, that very much resonates with me, but right now just focusing on my coaching. I love that. Yeah. We could have a separate it. discussion about space and O'Neill colonies. That's Kyle's thing to discuss, uh, like the future cool. of city building in space. Uh, if people want to learn more about you, get messages from you on a more frequent basis, uh, you got a lot of wisdom to share. And what I most respect is that it's not all rehashed wisdom that we, we're all hearing from a million and a half other gurus. So where should people subscribe to your lists and hear more about you if yeah. they want to keep doing so? Honestly, I'm very active on Instagram. I love answering DMs. I put out a lot of content. I'm always on my stories. Um, Akash, A-K-A-A-S-H, Aesthetics. Akash Aesthetics, A-K-A-A-A-S-H-A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. Akash Aesthetics. Shoot me a DM. I'm always, I'm always super open to chat. Definitely not one of those like, oh, you know, like I, I, I enjoy every conversation. So please reach out, guys. Well, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for doing the podcast with us. I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was an honor, honestly. Thanks, Akash. And that wraps up our conversation with Akash. Super interesting, super high energy, very super out fun. there. Love it. Uh, and sort of along those lines, my first takeaway is that, you know, some things are unexplainable. Uh, not everything is quantifiable. And sometimes you just got to understand that and not discount things that like on the surface seem crazy. I'm not saying that he seemed crazy. I'm just saying that some of the ideas are very out there and not something that you run into often. And that when you run into something that is like that, you shouldn't just immediately discard it. You should think about it. You should consider it. And you should think about why it's making you feel the way you feel. Uh, the second is that you should learn how to make good food by setting positive constraints on yourself where you uh, are like, you know, no processed food allowed. Okay, well, what are you going to eat? It kind of forces you to figure out how to make good food. I have not taken him up on that advice yet, but it's definitely something take that, that to the extreme and really only eat beef. You learn how to cook perfect beef. Yeah, that's another episode. Lewis is insane, of course. Um, 
And then the third takeaway is the benefits of having a clear vision and being able to articulate it to uh, yourself and others. You know, I, I've talked about this a lot, but um, basically the, the statement is just that when someone asks you what you are um, doing or what, where you want to go, having a clear answer is much better than saying, I don't know, or, or something like that, because um, opportunities flow to you when you are able to articulate it in ways that would never happen um, otherwise. And it creates a, a faster feedback loop when um, you're able to interact with these new opportunities. Um, and it, it allows you to be able to change what you're interested in or, or how you articulate it as the opportunities flow to you. So um, yeah, just find your, find your vision, be able to articulate it, um, and those are my takeaways. Wait. Well, my first one piggybacks on your third one, which is the importance of not just an intellectual clarity about your vision, but also an emotional clarity about your vision. It's so not just being able to say like, I want to get into real estate because you can make a lot of money in real estate and I like money, but something like why you want to feel the way that you'd feel in that industry or like what actually motivates you at a deeper level. And maybe there's some higher dimensional reasons why maybe there's not. Uh, but it's certainly going to make you more motivated to achieve it in a passionate, probably more direct, empowered way. So not just knowing what, but intellectually knowing why as well. I think that second takeaway, power of meditation. He helped me get my meditation habit back on track since this podcast has been getting into the subconscious realm of my own mind a lot. And I think that's helped me really survive a really busy two to three weeks of school. Just like being able to talk myself down from stress because I added some extra lanes to my highway with a little bit of meditation. And I did have some pretty solid meditation habits in the past. And so I was kind of just repaving old roads, uh, not to give anyone crazy expectations of how much you can do in two weeks. If you're brand new to meditating third takeaway here, the importance of letting some ego death of your younger self. A lot of us are driven by decisions and ideas and beliefs that we created at a younger, less knowledgeable state, maybe in a place of like scarcity, maybe in like another problematic situation. And we still, make our current selves suffer from the delusions of a younger, immature self. And that leads to all sorts of irrational, problematic behavior. I've actually started reading a book that Akash recommended to me called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Really enjoyed it so far. It's all about how if you let stress of the past guide, like continue to come up in the present, you're just constantly living in a state of stress. And that can work for any other emotion from your past. So just break the habit of being yourself and like let some old selves die so you can be a real new person and not carry all of your old baggage as much as you did. Uh, otherwise, meta takeaway about the podcast, we always like to have some sort of build in public type spirit where we talk about what we learned about what we're doing from this podcast. It's just fun to bring on people who are so different from how we normally bring people on. You know, we have a lot of similar stories of writers and creators and entrepreneurs, and I think we learn something different and valuable every single time. Uh, but sometimes you bring someone who's existing in a whole another dimension of reality, no joke. And that's certainly going to expose new frameworks, new ways of thinking. So I think that's a good lesson for us, Kyle, is to continue to bring intellectually diverse, to say the least, uh, perspectives on the show, because I think we learn a lot and help everyone else in the process. And otherwise, meta takeaways, we just approached this podcast. We had no idea what to expect. Akash reached out to us and said, let's just do it and focus on having as much fun as possible. And I really had a lot of fun. So that's awesome. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast and had as much fun as we did, all that we ask is you help us grow the show by using whatever social capital and social influence that you may have. That could be 
five minutes of your time leaving a rating or review on iTunes, really more like 30 seconds. Or it could be a conversation with a friend who asks you a podcast you listen to and you say, I just learned about higher dimensions of reality on the show, Lewis and Kyle, but they also teach really good stuff about business. You should check it out. You could do that same thing on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for the same effect. That's all we ask from you if you are getting value out of this. Help us grow it. Help it find more people, new ears, new listeners, and we will continue to bring cool people on the show. That's it for this episode. See you in a week with the next one. Bye-bye.